praise the name of the Lord. It is a privilege for me to come into your home today again. We are in a serious time and I believe that God's grace is keeping us and protecting us. I pray for you that the mercy of God will speak over you. He will cover you with his grace. He will cover you with his glory in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for another privilege to share your word with your people. Thank you because the Bible says that the entrance of the word giveth life. Oh Father, I pray now that the Holy Spirit, you allow the entrance of your word in the life of everyone listening to me to give them life, to give them healing, to give them hope, to give them deliverance in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Today, I want to take my reading from the book of Daniel chapter 1. Daniel chapter 1 from verse 8. Daniel chapter 1 from verse 8. The Bible says, But Daniel proposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the Enosh that he might not defile himself. Now God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the Enosh. And the prince of the Enoch said unto Daniel, I fear my lord, the king, who hath appointed your meat and your drink, for why should he see your face worse, liking than the children which are of your sort? Then shall ye make me endanger my head to the king. Then said Daniel to Mesa, whom the prince of the Enoch had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Asariah. Prove thy servants, I beseech thee ten days, and let them give us pause to eat and water to drink. Hallelujah. Yes, um, I started an episode on Wednesday, which I titled, Dare to be Different. And I remember speaking about one of the most important things that is required from us as Christians in this crucial time is to dare to be more closer to God, dare to be more committed to God, even when we have reasons not to commit ourselves. We need to be different, we need to be exceptional in our relationship with God. Today, I'm continuing with episode two on the same topic, and I'm looking at the life of one bible character in the in the bible his name is daniel and i'm looking at what lessons we can be able to learn from his life what lesson can we learn from his life and how can we liken the word then to our word today daniel was taken as a captive to babylon as a slave but when he got to Babylon he does not allow the circumstances that surrounded him to take his faith in God away from him 
they were living a life of gross slavery they were living under the control of their captors they left their home left their heritage left their religion back home many of his colleagues they began to bow down to the idols of the babylon there was a case where everybody in the land including all the jews were required to bow down to the idol that nebuchadnezzar made daniel made an exceptional decision not to allow himself to be pressured into bowing down to the idol so when we look at today and we compare our lives to those at babylon that time we look at the world economy we look at the situation that is going on around the world and compare it to the time of Daniel, we see that there could only be some slight difference, which is just the, the advent of technology in our day. I believe that they also had their own technology in their own days. But the point here is that Daniel stood for God. Daniel stood for the gospel. He stood for the truth. And as Christian, at this moment, what is required of us is to be able to stand for what we believe, stand for God's word, stand for the plans and purposes of God for our life. So they assembled all the selected people because Daniel had the favor of God. He was chosen among the people to become governors. Uh, you know, because of farming, because of malnourishment, they decide to put them in a, in a house where they will feed them with the food that will nourish their body and make them look fat a bit. Some kind of food that will make their stomach to come up a bit so that they will not look poor. But Daniel told them, like, he's not going to defile himself with the, 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 the king's meat. He proposed in his heart not to defile himself. In this day and age, to be a true child of God, one has to be ready to purpose in his heart not to defile himself. Purpose-driven life, purpose-driven relationship with God is what is required of us. Purpose-driven relationship with Christ is what is required of us. A man that lacks purpose it would be like a ship that is being moved up and down on the sea. Eventually, it will crash. Or like a plane who has lost its track in the sky. Eventually, it will crash. So purpose defines our direction. Purpose determines our direction. So if you lack purpose, you have no direction. As God's, Christ, as God's children, in our place of work, our work ethics our commitment to the mandate and the vision of our offices must emanate from a purpose driven relationship it must emanate from a purpose driven relationship with God it must emanate from a concept of faithfulness to God so you don't go late to work because other colleagues of yours are going to work. You are going late to work. So you go to work, you do everything exceptionally well as if you are doing it unto God. 
this period that every everybody is indoor everybody is required to maintain quality distance from each other because of the coronavirus the pandemic that we actually brought it upon ourselves so i i was online i saw some post about some individuals claiming that god spoke to them that the coronavirus is from him that he is the one that is afflicting the world with coronavirus and the question i ask them is god yes sometimes we can sin against god and god can release his judgment upon the entire nations of the world but god is not that wicked though god punishes sins i will not dispute that god punishes every unrighteousness he punishes every sin but this particular coronavirus case we brought it upon ourselves globalism globalism global global system of government brought it upon ourselves technology brought it upon us i'm not saying that technology is wrong but i'm saying that the way a manner when we heard that at least china is having this issue the way a manner we took the whole thing for granted as a nation the nations of the world they took it they say oh, china is just uh, doing their usual thing and until the, the until the sickness the virus begin to spread into other countries before we realize that it is true as of today america has over 81 uh, either millions or no 81000 cases over 81000 cases america is now the number one in the in in the world of coronavirus that have the most positive cases followed by uh, uh, china then followed by italy and then the nations of the world and every day this thing is increasing because our our government takes these things with levity hands and then you never know there are some school of thought that are saying that coronavirus is an attempt to reduce the world population by some group of people it is just a test in fact it is actually an experiment <laughs> that's a school of thought it does not mean that i believed it but uh, there are so many they are also backing their points their reason with with valid uh, their reason their reasons with valid points they are proving it they claim there was a meeting in 2015 which some individuals were involved and then they brought a scenario like this but this time it was brazil they used in the scenario but the the covid-19 came from uh china so that this school of thought that all these things that we are that the world is going up and down everybody is suffering it is an experiment of some group of globalist individuals who thinks that the world population is increasing so fast so they want to reduce the population where it is a school of thought it is an alleged something it is not proven so and i'm not saying that it is true and there's also another school of thought that says that china knows what 
they are doing. Because how come the rest of the world is suffering now and China has found solution? And the case has reduced in China. Now the world is, is suffering, but China is laughing. China is closing down the doors of their hospitals. That's another school of thought. You know, anytime there is disaster like this, people begin to come with different kind of school of thought. But the fact here remains that we are God's children. And what is God's provision for us at, at a time like this is that he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. But as I've always said, we should allow this season, this period, to help us to have a well-defined, a purposeful relationship with God. There is no... Some days back, I posted something on my my Facebook uh, that the word... I know it was on my Instagram. I posted that man is not in, in control of anything. It was even about last week or last two weeks. I also shared on my WhatsApp status that man is not in control of anything. And coronavirus has come to prove it to us that we've been lying to ourselves. There is nobody that is self-made. All those self-made people who claim that they are self-made, where are they today? Coronavirus has knocked many of them down. Uh, some days back, some people were doing birthdays in UK. The one that uh, they gathered there to do birthday with, they all catch coronavirus in the midst of celebration. That is to prove to us that we are not in any control. America has failed in containing the virus. Italy failed in containing the virus. China failed in containing the virus until they locked down the whole country. Right now in Ghana, everybody is clamoring for total lockdown. A situation whereby your money will, will make no sense because you have your money, but you are not able to have access to use the money. You will not have access to buy the, the, the things that you need. You will have to depend on the government to bring you speed, stipend in your house, to come and put food at the, at the doorstep of your house. That's to prove to us that when God decides, if God just decides to wipe the entire human race off, it will not take him seconds. That is just corona. That is what coronavirus is proving to us. But what is the lesson that we are learning from this season? I personally, I learned a lesson that I need to take my relationship with God more seriously than the way I, I, I relate with him. I need to take him more seriously in my relationship, in my day-to-day relationship with him, in my day-to-day activities with him. I need to take my work as a man of God more serious because after this, we don't know which one is coming next. So that's why we look at the life of Daniel, we look at the entire life of Daniel, he stayed in Babylon, what he experienced how he reacted to the situations in his time. It shows that he is an example of a believer in God that we must emulate. We must emulate the life of Daniel. So in few seconds, I will be sharing with us some of the 
character traits that we find in the life of Danny, how he approached some of the situation he found himself in. The first situation that Daniel found himself in, he found himself in the midst of envious people, people who thought that he does not deserve to be part of the people that will be promoted. How did Daniel react to them? Did Daniel exhibit hatred towards them? No. Daniel exhibited the love of God towards them. He did not fight back, but he allowed God to fight for him. The first decision that Daniel made is that he purposed in his heart. He purposed in his heart not to defile himself with the promotion that he's got. He purposed in his heart not to allow the sudden upliftment that he encountered in a strange land to get into his head and he forget about who he is in Christ or in God. Hallelujah. So we need to learn the first lesson from that that where, no matter where we find ourselves, wherever we find ourselves, in any situation we find ourselves, it must not take away our faithfulness to God. It must not take away our resolve from God. Many of us have faced life situations that are more deadly and more terrible than coronavirus. God helped us through those times and we survived them. And the same God who helped us then will help us to survive this one in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. So after some days, after some days, God came in, even though they were only eating paws, they look more beautiful, they look more handsome than those who were actually eating the king's meat. 17 verse 17, as for these four children, the Bible says that God gave them knowledge and skills in all learning and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. God is the author of promotion. God is the author of revelation and knowledge. What God does not give to you, you cannot have. What God gives to you, nobody can take it away from you. So the fact here is that the first point of having a successful life as a believer in this world is to have a purposeful relationship with God. Now, it got to a time that King Nebuchadnezzar saw the knowledge and the abilities in the life of Daniel that he had to, re- he had to rename them. He gave them the name of uh, the idols of the land but they did not allow themselves to be carried away there was a scenario where we go to chapter 2 of the same uh, book of Daniel where the Bible says that in the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar Nebuchadnezzar dreamed dreams wherewith his spirit was troubled and his sleep break before him from him then the king commanded to call the magicians and the astrologers and the sorcerers and the Chaldeans for, the, for to show the king his dreams. So they came and stood before the king. And the king said unto them, I have dreamed a, day, a dream, and my spirit was troubled to know the dream. Then spake the Chaldeans to the king in Syria, O king, live forever. Tell thy servant the dream, and we show the interpretation. 
don't forget the first point i gave is that in order to live in this world successfully in every aspect of our life you must have a purpose-driven relationship with god your relationship with god must be purposeful your you, you, your relationship with god you must have direction you must have what you anticipate to achieve and our anticipation should only be spiritual growth should be excellent manifestation of the presence of god anywhere we find ourselves that is what daniel exhibited anywhere daniel is he became the light of that place jesus said that we are the light of the world we are the, we are the sort of the world in this pandemic in this period of fear as christian we must be the light in that place that is a purpose driven relationship a purpose driven christian in the name of jesus then speak the and then the king answered and said to the cadians the thing is gone from me if you will not make known unto me the dream with the interpretation thereof you shall be cut in pieces and your houses shall be made a dunghill we daniel lived in a in in a in a in an era where a king can dream he will for he himself forgot his own dream but he want you the pastor you the prophet he want you to tell him the dream that he dreamed and tell him the interpretation all his magician failed all his sorcerers they failed but they call on daniel let's when we go down eh uh, when we go down to verse uh let me read from verse 10 he said the cardians answered before the king and said there is not a man upon the head that can shoot the king's matter therefore there is no king lord no nor ruler that as such thing at any magician or astrologer or cardians and it is a rare thing that a king required and there is none other than can shoot it before the king except the gods whose dwelling is not with flesh Amen. That is their own understanding of the situation. But when you have God, you can operate beyond the level of the supernatural. For this cause the king was angry and very furious and commanded to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. And the decree went forth that the wise men should be slain and they sought Daniel and his fellow to be slain. You see, whenever punishment is coming to the unrighteous if the righteous keeps quiet the righteous too will suffer if the righteous refuse to shine the light the righteous will partake in the suffering when the church churches were locked down some some pastors were screaming up and down oh ah he ha he and some pastors were responding positively amen when the righteous are being uh, when the when when the the righteous are being attacked god will rise up and defend them but when the unrighteous has been at, are being attacked if the righteous are present and they refuse to be the light they will also partake in the punishment so then once the king commanded all the wise men to be slain some people some individual knew that daniel was among the wise men that that, that were chosen by the king so they started looking for daniel to kill him they would search for him first because he is the one that have a different 
perspective among all of them. So let's kill Daniel first. Then Daniel answered with counsel and wisdom to Ariok, the captain of the king's guard, which was gone forth to slay the wise men of Babylon. He answered and said to Ariok, the king's captain, why is the decree so hasty from the king? And Ariok made the thing known to Daniel. Then Daniel went in and desired of the king that he would give him time and that he will show the king the interpretation. Then Daniel went to his house and made a thing known to Ananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions, who were Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that they would desire mercies of the God of heaven concerning this secret, that Daniel and his fellows should not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. So when the righteous stands, then the lies of the devil will be defeated. Then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. If you don't have that relationship with God, so let's just say that if Daniel did not have such relationship with God, how will he have saved himself, his friends, and the rest of the nation? Even the unbelievers were saved by the action of Daniel. The Bible says that, and he changed the times and the season, he removed king and set it up kings. He gives, he giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. He revealed the deep and secret things. He knoweth what is in the darkness and the light dwelleth with him. He said, I thank thee and praise thee, O thou God of my fathers, who has given me wisdom and might and has made known unto me now what we desired of thee. For thou hast now made me known unto us the king's matter. Therefore Daniel went into, unto Ariok, whom the king had ordained to destroy the wise men of, of Babylon. He went and said thus unto him, Destroy not the wise men of Babylon, bring me in before the king, and I will shew unto the king the interpretation. So, the rest of the story, you can continue. And uh, you know, Daniel came in and saved the day. Why was Daniel able to save the day? Because Daniel had a purposeful relationship with God. Daniel could easily assess God and speak to God. He was a man who has, who, who, who has a different approach to life. He was an exceptional man. As I preached on Wednesday, that as a Christian, we must dare to be different. So today I'm telling you to dare to be a Daniel. In anywhere you find yourself, in your place of work, in your neighborhood, in your church, dare to be a Daniel. Dare to be a Daniel. One, Daniel was a purposeful Christian. He was a purposeful child of God. So I'm using the word Christian because that is what Daniel typifies today. So Daniel was a purposeful Christian who knows what he wants, who knows the God that is serving. Even in captivity, he remained faithful to God. And it was his faithfulness to God that saved him and his friends. So the Bible described further about the story that Daniel went in, described a dream to the king, and the king was shocked. The king was shocked that the king had to declare that the God of Daniel 
is the God that must be served. Amen. The king has to declare. Even the king himself had to give praises to God. It did not take a few days later. The king had forgotten about the encounter that he had. Because that is the nature of the unbelievers. Unless somebody have a personal encounter with God, it's hard for you to remember his faithfulness. That is why we have so many Christians today, when they are seeking miracles, as soon as they receive the miracles, they, they, when they are seeking miracles, they come to church all the time. But as soon as they receive the miracles they are looking for, they are out. They are away from the church. They look for a more comfortable place where they can drink and enjoy the miracle that they have received. Because in the first place, they were not part of the ship. They were people who just came to benefit from the benefits that belongs to the ship. So, as soon as some days passed, the king went and made images. That's the number three things that Daniel and his people encountered. So, here we saw that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who were close companions of Daniel, who were best friends of Daniel. So, Number, number three things that you can see in the life of Daniel is that Daniel was a positive influence on everyone around him. Number one, Daniel was a purposeful Christian. Number two, Daniel stood for God. He had a relationship with God that, that set himself and his colleagues and even the idolaters, he set them free because God had to show Daniel the revelation that Nebuchadnezzar saw. Number three, Daniel was a positive influence on all his friends because we saw that Nebuchadnezzar went and made a bronze, a graven image and commanded everyone in the land to bow to that image. The name of Daniel did not come up. The name of Daniel did not come up uh, probably because one, Daniel might have enjoyed certain immunity based on the fact that as at the time Daniel was one of the wise men you understand me maybe Daniel may have experienced some immunity from these uh, national occurrence as at that time where the king declared everybody to bow down for the idol Daniel may be in the inner room, he may be in the inner court, he may be in the office because he was one of the wise men. The king regarded Daniel as a wise man, a prophet. So that was why probably his name was not mentioned. But his friends were outside the court. So they were supposed to also bow down for the idol. These people stood their ground and they refused to bow down for this idol. They, they refused. And the king was furious. That was in chapter 3 of the story of Daniel. So we can see that Daniel was a positive influence on his friends. As, as a Christian, this period that everything is hard for people, people are afraid of what the next step that the government will take. Maybe there's going to be a lockdown Imagine those people that depends on daily income. They have to go to market to sell. They are currently agitating. They are, they, are, they are worried what the government decision will be. 
will the government be able to make provision for these people and how many people can they make provision for in china one of the things they did was that there are people there are people that will come to your house you know the way and manner they built their their houses in china uh, is more of residential areas more of estates every every part of the city have residential areas and they are all gated communities it's not like africa where everything is scattered somebody is built mud house here somebody built a house without a toilet here another person built a, a flat the next third house there is a one room chamber one room self-contained there is no bathroom there is no toilet and he dig a very big hole behind his house it's not like that in china everything is organized so what what happened is that whenever food supply is coming they leave the food supply at the main gate of the estate everybody knows the amount of eggs they ordered for everybody knows the amount of uh, tea rolls they ordered for everybody knows the amount of beans they ordered for so you go to the main gate of your estate you walk there with your mask on your face with your, with your gloves in your hands then you go and take what you have ordered for and you go back into your apartment try that in ghana one person will bring truck and pack all the food imagine uh, my area they put uh, food at the entrance of the the environment before you come out of your own house somebody has bought truck and pack everything what can you do that is africa for you unless the government is able to make such provision and restrict people to what food item they can take lockdown will bring chaos hunger will kill more people than coronavirus now in such a situation we are expected to be a positive influence on everybody that comes around us we are supposed to be a ray of hope to everybody around us this is not the time to be stingy this is not the time to be selfish this is not the time to to that's why jesus came when jesus came jesus taught us to be the light of the world jesus taught us to be the rays of hope to others i appreciate some churches that are coming up some churches say they are going to offer their church auditorium in case the lockdown is imminent and the lockdown is compulsory that the homeless in the society can go to church and sleep in the church that also poses another risk imagine a church that can house 3000 people and we have more than 3000 homeless people in accra and this 3000 homeless people goes to that church at night to sleep and one of them has coronavirus that one single person can spread it to the 3000 in the auditorium so that is why lockdown is going to be an issue so those are the things that the government will have to analyze before they make decisions at the end of the day what the scripture is teaching us is that we must be a ray of hope to everybody you must be the person that will have positive influence on people not sinners having influence on you that is the third lesson that i learned from the life of daniel daniel was a positive influence on his friends that is why cedric meshach abednego were able to stand up to the king and say we will not bow down to your idols and they were thrown they were threatened to be thrown into the lake of fire 
these men stood their ground and they, they withstood persecution and they told the king to his face we are not afraid of you we are not afraid of the fiery furnace we are only afraid of our god and we believe that our god will save us and even though our god refuses to save us to save us we will not bow down for your idol and they threw them into the, the, the fiery furnace and god came to their aid because god saw their faith that was the impact of daniel on their life if daniel was a bad influence those people would deny god so as christian in this moment we're supposed to be positive we're supposed to carry positive influence don't be the one discouraging people from serving god don't be the one discouraging people from praying i christian were talking on tv about so many things that christians are doing christians are the first to share the thoughts of other pastors on their social media page to attract like the you according to you what you are doing is that you are trying to rebuke the pastor because god has put the cane to beat the pastor in your hand the pastor is doing wrong thing yes we know he's doing the wrong thing and you are the one that god sent he gave you the message to rebuke the pastor and then you did not go to the pastor's office the one that you want to rebuke you did not go to him personally you go to your social media and you start generalizing everybody as if every pastor is like the one that you want to rebuke it does not make sense we are not we are not we are not shining the light of Christ we are not even making the christianity attractive for the unbelievers to come to Christ we believers are the one tearing down the kingdom of Christ you see your pastor is is doing something wrong instead of you to go to him is not is not an angel is a human being and the fact that is a human being shows that human being our our genes our blood our our the stream of water in our body everything within us our bone is made of flesh is is made of mystics we are full of mystics so human beings have the right to make mistake so you that you you think that god has called you to judge and to condemn pastors you too you are not perfect and jesus said that in order for you to remove the speck in somebody's eyes you need to first of all remove the the log of wood in your own eyes meaning before anybody is able to see another person's fault you have bigger fault that's what jesus is saying so we are supposed to be a positive influence on others by the way and manner we do things when people see you from afar they see Christ but when they come close to you they see devil so that is not what the, the scripture is teaching us the scripture is teaching us to be a positive influence on our immediate environment you don't go out there on your social media and begin to condemn people begin to tear people down yeah you are not you have not even approached any of these people to correct them in a in a meek or in a godly way you have not Daniel wasn't like that. That is the lesson that I personally learned from the life of Daniel, which I will also want us to learn as God's children. Number four lesson I learned from the life of Daniel: Daniel's uh, influence became generational. Even though he was in a strange land, when Nebuchadnezzar stopped being the king of the land, his son. Betishasha adopted Daniel continued to use Daniel 
as one of the wise men. When you go to chapter 5 of the book of Daniel, the Bible says, Beshar king made a great feast to a thousand of his lords and drank wine before the thousand. And Beshasha, while he tasted the wine, commanded to bring the golden, the golden and silver vessels which his father Nebuchadnezzar had taken out of the temple which was in Jerusalem, that the king and his princes, his wives and his concubine might drink during. Then they brought the golden vessels that were taken out of the temple of the house of God which was at Jerusalem, and the king and his princes, his wives, and his concubine drank in them. They drank wine and praised the gods of gold and of silver and of brass and of iron, of wood and of stone. In the same hour came forth fingers of a man, a man's hand wrote over against the candlestick upon the plaster of the wall of the king's palace. And the king saw the part of the hand that wrote. And the king's countenance was changed and his thought troubled him so that he joined his, the joint of his loins were loosed and his knees smote one against another. Now, you can continue further personally to study that chapter 5. We saw that number 14 that happened in the life of Daniel is that is, he, 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 he never lost, his salt never lost his taste. He served Nebuchadnezzar and then he, he became a positive influence. He became a messenger of hope even for the son, which is Beshasha. So, Daniel maintained his relationship with God. Because in the old land, when the finger came and wrote on the wall, in the old land, all the wise men, they could not interpret what the, 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 the writing was saying. It was only Daniel. So, Daniel had excellent spirit, Daniel had excellent relationship with God. He was gifted in interpreting dreams. He was one of the, in fact, in the Bible, he was known to be one of the major prophets. You don't just declare yourself a major prophet because you want to be a major prophet. It is the works of your hands, your relationship with God, that determines whether you are a major prophet, you are a minor prophet, you are a local prophet, you are area prophet or international prophet. Hallelujah. So, Daniel was a generational uh, influence on people. His relationship with God transcends to next generation. Meaning that Daniel started serving God at his younger age. I, I give thanks to God for the life of whoever influenced the life of Daniel. Daniel had somebody who influenced his faith in God that nothing nothing not even captivity can remove his love for God there to be a Daniel there to be someone that nothing can remove his love Paul asked a question can anything can anything take us away from the love of God is it death is it pestilence is it uh, poverty is it lack is it disappointment is it failure can anything take the love take us away from the love of Christ? He said nothing. So Daniel was that type of person that even in captivity he was on fire for God. Even at in, in at the time of lack, at the time of restrictions, where he's not able to move freely like 
is in his country. He was a man of value, a man who God can depend on. I pray for you that as this season has come, it will pass. It will pass. And the word of God will not be mocked in your life. In the mighty name of Jesus. If we continue about the life of Daniel, Daniel had revelations. In fact, when when in fact is Daniel actually served more than four kings in Babylon. He served more than four kings. Nebuchadnezzar, Beshasha, then Darius. That's number three, number three king. It was Darius that God now used to support the, the, the cause of Daniel. Because every supply that Daniel needed to make his life easy in the land, God used Darius to give it to him. Darius became Daniel's friend. In chapter 6, the Bible says that it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom a hundred and twenty princes, which should be over the whole kingdom. That is the third king, meaning Betishasha died, and they asked to raise another king. And that Darius is now trying to first Nebuchadnezzar came as we have it in Africa. When a president comes, he will elect his cabinet. Nebuchadnezzar came as a president, elected his cabinet. Daniel, who was a stranger in the land, was among the cabinet. Betishasha came, he elected his uh, uh, cabinet, Daniel found himself among his cabinet. Not because he was a man, he was a famous man, but because of the presence and the spirit of God upon his life. Darius came, that's a third generation of king, he came and he also elected Daniel as one of his cabinet. Because the spirit of excellence, the spirit of God was upon him. So when the spirit of God rests upon you, you can rule to generations. You become a generational person. So over these three presidents, of whom Daniel was first. So Daniel was one of, actually one of the senior ministers. He was, there were Babylonian ministers that were under his control. And those men were very angry that Daniel was placed over them and they developed hatred against him. They, in, that, in the land, the people made sure that nobody prayed to God. The persecution on Daniel was so high that you cannot even pray in the street. You cannot even do anything. You cannot mention the name of God anywhere. Some people ran into their home, but Daniel stood. He withstood the persecution. When they made this declaration, out of jealousy, out of hatred, because the Bible says, well, time will not permit me, but I want to have a deep study of the chapter 6 of the book of Daniel. Daniel was a threat to them. And they went and looked for every other thing to arrest him, to accuse him. They could not find any. They found him blameless. There was no offense. For the, when he was under Nebuchadnezzar, he did not embezzle any money. When he was under Bethesda, he did not embezzle any money. He did not sleep with anybody's wife. He did not cause commotion in the environment. They searched all the physical accusations they could raise against him. They could not see anything against him. And they told themselves, listen, we cannot get this guy. Let us use the law of his own God to get him. That is how the life of a Christian should be. When they search for a way to arrest you, they should not have any negative thing against you. 
So they went and said, okay, listen, Daniel, we know that Daniel prays every day. Let's catch him by that prayer. And they made a law that for the next 30 days, for the next also days, nobody should pray. And anybody that prays will be sent into the lion's den. In Babylon, they had lion's den. And criminals are thrown into this lion's den. When you commit an offense, commit an offense, you will be thrown into the lion's den. It's one of the highest punishment that was given to criminals. And then they, they liken Daniel to be a criminal. So if Daniel should pray, we will throw him to the lion's den. And they did not go any other place. They stood around Daniel's house because the law, everything was against Daniel. It was persecution. As Christians, some members of your family will persecute you. Some friends will persecute you because you refuse to be the kind of person they want you to be because you are, you are God's children. You are God's child. They will persecute you. They will withdraw their, their support. They will withdraw their support from you. But when you stand your ground, there's a reward for you. So Daniel stood his ground. They carried him, threw him to the lion's den. Even though he was the king's friend, the king could not do anything for him. But God proved himself in his life. When you stand loyal for God, God will always defend his interest in your life. But for those of us who find it very easy to become disloyal to God in the face of persecution, when it is required of us to, to wait patiently on God, we deny God and we look for our own means of survival and we go against the will of God. We are not only destroying ourselves, but we are, we are blocking the chance of other generations from reading about our testimonies. There are men of God today that have sat down, read about their, their life testimonies, how somebody was in ministry for over 13 years. In ministry for over 13 years, pastor, no, 15 years, pastoring only five people. For 15 good years, pastoring only five families. And he stood, he worked for God, he waited on God. Until one day God spoke to him, said, my son, go to Africa. This man of God, Rehabonke, is of blessed memory now. We all knew how God used him to shake Africa. So sometimes when we find ourselves in situations that we cannot explain, probably God is preparing us for a greater glory that is coming ahead. So you are expected to stand, face that persecution patiently, walk through that wilderness that God has placed before you. There is no leaf that falls from heaven, that, from the tree to the ground, that God does not know about it. There is no persecution that arises against a believer that God is not aware about it. There is no trials and temptation that, that confront a believer that God is not aware. That poverty, that lack, that disappointment, that failure, God is aware of it. God knows about it. And God is using it to shape you, to shape me, to bring the best out of our future. But when we deny him during our wilderness moment, we forfeit the reward that is waiting for us ahead. When we give up on God, during our wilderness moment, we, we automatically forfeit our own reward. At the same time, we block the chance of generations that are coming behind us from learning from our testimonies, from receiving encouragement from our testimony. So I 
I push it to you today. When you find yourself in a situation that you cannot control, you have tried prayers, you have tried praises, and nothing is working, know for a fact that God might be taking you through a wilderness experience. God might be building a, a hope for other generations through your experience. And God expects you to stand and fight the battle to the end and win the battle. So Daniel stood. Daniel stood. He faced the persecution. They threw him into the lion's den. And they won, they two. The next day, the king went to the lion's den to check if lion has killed him. The Bible says that God sent an angel to shut the mouth of lion. God even brought cakes and other delicacies for lions to eat so that they were so satisfied that they could not, they, they were playing with Daniel, that they became Daniel's pets. When the next day came, the king went to Daniel, the, the, the entrance of the lion's den. He called Daniel, Daniel, the servant of the Most High, is your God able to save you? I said, yes, my God has saved me. And the king declared in the whole country that the God of Daniel should be the one that they will serve. And do you know that that singular action influenced the life of the king? It influenced the life of the king. If we read further, if we read further, you realize that the next king that came after Darius, the next king that came after Darius was the one who facilitated the uh, provision for everything that Israel need to rebuild the temple of God. Hallelujah. All this happened because of the influence that Daniel gathered or that Daniel imparted in Babylon. Hallelujah. In verse 9, where else King, where, wherefore King Darius signed the writing and the decree. And now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went to his house and his windows being opened in his chamber towards Jerusalem. He kneeled upon his knee three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God. You can read the rest of the story. In fact, many of us know about this story of Daniel very, very well because we were taught several times in Sunday school. But the fact is that have we ever taken the message? Have we ever dared to be a Daniel? Now, when we go further to chapter 7, chapter 7, we saw that in the first year of Bethsaida, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and vision of his head upon his bed. Then he wrote the, the dream and told the sum of the matters. I want you to read this part very, very well. Read this part very, very well. The, the way Daniel ended his life, Daniel left messages. He left prophecies that currently is influencing whatever is happening in the world right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I pray that the Most High God, the Heavenly Father, will make you a man of influence in the precious name of Jesus. I will see you again on Sunday. God bless you.